0: Well, you can be seated when, when you get a chance. I love that kind of worship. I just love that kind of worship. Our apologies to the Presbyterians among us. Probably scared you a little, but it's a flat out celebration. And let me tell you why, why this celebration is so important and why we're taking a little break in our, in our normal series of becoming and making disciples. Somebody has done a study of the New Testament and they said, you know, if you took all of the passages um, uh, in which Jesus was featured, you probably would have about 80 pages of the words that applied directly to Jesus. Now, as you well know, those of you who read scripture, um, the four Gospels that are the main passages that refer to him um, are redundant. They, they tell the same story from a different place. So if you could condense all of those pages, uh, um, uh, collate all of those stories, you could probably get it down to 20 pages, condensed style. Now watch this. 13 out of the 20 pages would refer to to the last week of his life, the one we begin celebrating today. That's how important this is to the history of the church. That's how important this day, this week is to the revelation of who God really is and what God really has done for us. It begins with a celebration. It ends with a great celebration, but in the middle, We walk through hell together if we're walking with Jesus. I'm gonna say a little bit more about that later on, but let me just tell you what we're gonna do today. What I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna meander through one of the stories of the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, and by that I just wanna focus on this event, but even beyond what God was really meaning for this event. I'm going to begin in uh, Matthew chapter 21, and it says in the first verse, when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, it says in the Gospel of Luke, to, uh, to the descent of the Mount of Olives. Now, to the descent from the mountain. Now, some of you have been over there. I've been over there. Many of you have been over there. You have stood on that precipice and that hill that goes directly down into Jerusalem. It's very steep hill. Great place for a parade. Because you could see everything that's going on. Now you'd have to go through a lot of tombstones, but back then, terrific place. It was it was a path that went down to the city. And this is what it says. Then Jesus sent two disciples saying, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find No, no, just stuck, just stuck, just a second. How did he know? Well, of course, Jesus was a prophet and he knew all things. And, and, and of course, you know, he, he could have, you know, been just foretelling the future. But I, but I want to tell you something. This is not a reenactment of the great Carmack. Remember when Johnny, Johnny Carton used to, you know, hold the envelope up to his, you know, turban and give the answer. And No, this isn't one of those. This is a prearranged event. A very carefully arranged event that the, the son arranged for the father. You will find, the Bible says. Let me tell you the first thing we need to remember about this processional, this great public proclamation of who Christ really is. It wasn't about the processional. It wasn't even about Christ. It was a gift to the Father. It was a gift to the Father, because this was God's plan. As we'll see a little bit later in, the, in this scripture from Zechariah 9.9, 9, that, that the Holy Spirit had, had prompted the prophet to, to, to write 500 years before this event. This had always been God's plan. And so why do we participate? As a gift to the Father. You know, this Christmas, my youngest son, the other Dr. Joel, gave me a gift. And uh, I don't know if if you've ever seen one of these. I love history. And he knows I love history. I majored in history and government in my undergraduate work. and, And he knows I love history. And I'm just fascinated with different events and different... Well, he gave me this I don't know if you've ever seen one of these before. It's a mini museum, a mini museum. It's it's authenticated, certified by folks at the Smithsonian. These are actual, these are actually um, authentic uh, um, um, uh, particles. And 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 let me tell you what they're of. Here's here's a piece of a lunar of a lunar rock. Here's a piece of a Martian rock, but that was dug out of a, a, a meteorite from Mars. Um, um, here is a palm tree, piece of a palm tree from Antarctica. Evidently, global warming is not new. Uh, climate change is not is not. This isn't the first time around. So, palm tree from Antarctica. And then there's a whole series. Here's a here's a piece of a tooth from a T-Rex dinosaur. How cool is that? Yes, and, and, and I, could just, I could give you, here's a piece of the Berlin Wall. Here's a piece of Abraham Lincoln's house. Here's a piece of coal from the Titanic. You see, I, I, I love this stuff, but let me tell you what I really love. I love the fact that my son knew me enough to want to give me a gift that pleased me. That's the real gift. You see, this isn't just about the arrangements. This isn't just about the little parts of something wonderful that happened. This is about a son who loves his father. And when we join in to this celebration, we are his sons. We are his daughters. We are the ones who are here to please our father as a gift. To him to join in his plan i know as my friend bill Heibel said years ago there are many reasons that people must have attended that spontaneous parade and by the way if you've been to the middle east they're they're prone to spontaneous parades over there i know that there were different reasons that people joined people had different hopes Maybe some people hoped that this was the moment when the Messiah, when the appointed one, would overthrow the oppression of the occupation of Rome. Maybe they were there to see that happen. I know there were people who were sick and in need of healing. And they thought maybe if we go, I've heard this one heals, maybe I'll get healed. I know there were people there for that reason. I know there were people there who had been outcast, who thought they had ruined their lives. And they had heard about this one that loved people who were unlovable who went out of his way to include those people who wouldn't be included with anyone else. Maybe that's why some of them went. But let me tell you why a lot of them went. Because they knew God was doing something and they wanted to be in on whatever it was. There's a difference between having an agenda and having a mission Many people come to God because they have an agenda. God, I want you to do this for me. I want you on my side, and therefore I'll come to you, and maybe you'll help me. But Jesus was there because God was doing something and he was honored to be a part of it. He knew it would cost him. He knew he was drawing attention and ire of the authorities whom he threatened in their minds. He knew that it would mean his sacrifice, but he came because he just wanted to be a part of God's unfolding plan. And I know there are so many of us that more than all of our agenda combined just want to be a part of what God's doing. That's why you belong in this celebration. So let me read on. It says, as we go along, it says, you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her and tie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. Let me me stop right, right here. I know all of us keep saying, God doesn't need anything from us. And technically, that's true. God's got all the power in the world. But isn't it wonderful that he would come to us and say, but I do need what you have to offer. I do need something from you. I do need something that I have given you to glorify me, to draw attention to what I'm doing. I do need you. Is there anyone among us who, if they felt like someone was genuinely sent of God, as a genuine messenger of God, and God came to you, and he says, you know, I know you've got this. I need this. Could I have this? Is there any among us who would say no? I don't think there there probably are very many. No. But what we need to understand is that that is God's plan. To include us. To say to us, no, I do need you. I made you just exactly like you are. I gave you just exactly the relationships you have. I want you to glorify me. J.I. Packer used to say, you know, there are six ways of glorifying God, six ways laid out in scripture. One is just to extol him for his attributes, to worship him for who he is, for his wonderful deeds. The second one is to thank him for what he has done for us specifically. Every time you say, thank you, God, and you can name something specific in your life that you count as a gift from him. You glorify him. The third one is to offer him. Not just coats and palm trees, but offer him praise. Offer him what, what the resources that he's given you. By the way, at Easter time, whether it's this week or next week, we've got a kind of a tradition here. We challenge everybody to tithe. Even if you don't have the faith to tithe every week yet, it will, it'll get there. The Lord will give it to you. But just this one time, all together. I mean, if you count this as your church family, just everybody tithe. Because our offering to God, as he would requested of us, is just an important thing to do together. And so there is... There is the adoration and the thanksgiving and the offering. And then there is the learning from God. That's why you're here. You came to learn from him. You didn't come to learn from me. You came to learn from him. So that's, that's glorifying God. And then there's the obeying of him. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Because when you obey him, that's when you really learn. That's when you really understand what he's up to. And, 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 um. There's one more and I can't think. Uh, uh, oh, tell him. Tell him. That's what the disciples were doing. They were telling others that day. And so there's the, there's the extolling and the thanking and the offering and the learning and the obeying and the telling. Those are the ways we glorify God. But when he came to them, when he came to this particular person, he said, the Lord has need of this. And immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. This is Zechariah. 500 years before this ever took place. Listen to this prophecy. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, and the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them. As I said before, it is in our obedience that we will really understand what he is doing. You know, a lot of us have questions for God. But you know what, they are? they're kind of, kind of, kind of prove-yourself-to-me questions. They're, they're kind of questions, God, why did you do this? God, why are you allowing that? God, what, what, what? Where are you, God? What you know? And they're kind of testing. No, God doesn't mind that because at least you're going to it. At least you're seeking answers. And sometimes He'll give you answers. But let me tell you, when He really reveals Himself to you, when you're actually doing what He says, then you begin to understand. Oh, now I understand. They went and they did exactly as He had commanded them. Really important. And it, says, and it says, and they brought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their colts on them, and he sat on the coats, in other words, one on, on the donkey. And it says, and it says, um, and others, watch this, and most of the crowd spread their coats on the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees. Let me tell you something really cool. Charles Spurgeon said, so you know, Charles Spurgeon is one of the greatest. Pastors and preachers that ever lived. He lived in the last centuries in England. Brilliant man. I had never thought of this until I, till I heard um, uh, Charles say it. What God is about to do through the life of Jesus Christ is redeem the whole world and everything in it, redeem it from all of its brokenness, redeem it for the sake of establishing the kingdom, redeem it for the sake of healing creation. Watch this. Guess what he's going to use to begin the proclamation of that redemption? Coats and branches. Now, let me take you back to Genesis 3. This is ingenious. Who could think of this but God? Do you remember the fall? Do you remember the, the thing that got them into trouble? Branches. They are hanging around the... The tree that they weren't supposed to be hanging around and they were tugging at the branch to get the fruit. You remember what happened right after, right after they ate that forbidden fruit and they began to be aware that they were naked and what did they do with those branches? They made clothes out of them. They made coats out of the branches to hide their shame. And they were expelled from paradise. Now to welcome he who will welcome us back into paradise. What does God want from us? Those branches, those coats. We don't need to hide anymore because the whole process of redemption has been established. I love that. Isn't that awesome? Okay, let me me tell you some more. Isn't this a great, just a great story? It says, And spreading them on the road, the crowds going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna. Now as Pastor Vernon said, Hosanna means save me. Save now. They were shouting Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he, Who comes in the name of the Lord? Hosanna in the highest. (laughs) This kind of tears me up. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because I'm old and I'm sentimental and I cry at everything. (laughs) I can just picture that this demonstration wasn't just an encouragement to people not just of those who already believed and and saw who Jesus was and exalted him as he should be exalted for all eternity. This had to be an encouragement for Jesus, remembering, as it says, the highest. I can't remember where I read it, but somebody once wrote don't you think that during this time Jesus maybe wasn't just looking at the people who were recognizing him as the Messiah he was hearing his father whispering in his ear son do you remember this part do you remember what it was like to be in heaven and have all the heavenly host say to you holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty do you remember what that was like one more week and you're home I want you to remember because one more week and you're home and it says and when he had entered Jerusalem all the city was stirred and was saying who is this and the crowds were saying well this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee there were three basic groups in these scenes there were the Disciples who had it mostly right, although they didn't really understand as much as they thought they did, even as we disciples today have it mostly right, although we really don't understand as much as we think we do. There were those who got a piece of Jesus, who admired Jesus, this is the prophet Jesus, they said. That's where the, those, that was the crowd around and they joined in and, 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 and they didn't understand what a disciple understands. But they, they understood enough to know this is a gift from God. All over the world, no matter what religion you're talking about, people believe Jesus is a gift from God. If you're Islamic, if you're Jewish, if you're, even if you're just a good person, who knows the good Jesus did on earth. They believe Jesus is a gift from God and Jesus was sent from God. There's really very little argument there. But there was also a whole city who didn't have a clue of what was going on, just like there's a whole world outside here who doesn't have a clue what's going on. That's why it's important for us to live our lives in a way, in an unconquerable way. Devil, there's no block in this way. It's important for us to live our lives in a way that they will see that there is eternal life, unconquerable, and to tell them about this one who brings it. We all await the resurrection. But before the resurrection, there has to be death. And there has to be sacrifice. Jesus started this week in a wonderful, glorious, procession. He ended the week in an ignominious, humiliating, painful, death sometimes before you get to heaven you got to go through hell no usually Jesus was to enter the worst week which turned out the best week of his life I want to tell you that there's a lot of ways that God can deliver you but Most of the time, he doesn't deliver you from. He delivers you through. When those three young boys in the book of Daniel were thrown in the fire, they didn't, they weren't delivered from the fire. They were delivered in the fire. The psalmist writes, yea, they'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Some of you are going through absolute hell right now. And I want to tell you God's with you. He's going to walk with you through it. You're not going to get stuck in it. He's going to walk with you through it. And you will see deliverance. You will see deliverance. And He will help you, He will sustain you. The entire time. Do you remember years ago those three whales that were trapped under the ice, you know, whales are mammals, they have to breathe air, and they were trapped under the ice. It was off Point Barrel, Alaska. As a matter of fact, they made a movie about it called The Big Miracle. And these poor floundering whales were bruised and bloody and and they couldn't get the air and some people discovered. And so they, they drilled a hole big enough. Can you imagine how big this hole must have been? So that those whales could come up and just get some air. But they knew that if they left them just with that hole, that they would die. And so they mounted this effort to periodically drill holes, huge holes, toward the open sea And for five miles or seven miles, I can't remember what it was, they drilled these holes. These whales would have to to travel just just for a little breathing space. And then they have to travel a little bit more just for a little breathing space. And finally, there was a Russian icebreaker that broke them through and they swam free. (laughs) Some of you are just going from breathing space to breathing space. But God will make the whole. God has you. I know it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes you say, "I don't have enough faith. If you have as much faith as a grain of mustard seed, if you could just cry out, "Jesus, help," That's enough. Jesus has got you. In the words of that old Andre Crouch song, ain't nobody can do me like Jesus. He's got you. Pray with me. God, take us from celebration to celebration. And in the middle, from breathing hole to breathing hole, we understand that. It's not gonna be easy. But we also understand that we are a part of your redemption of this entire world. And we wanna show up just not for our own agenda, but for your mission, to glorify you, to give you praise, to give you honor, to give you glory. That's why we're here. So walk with us, lead us, Take these words of this story and apply them to our minds that we might not grow shallow and apply them to our hearts that we might not grow cold and apply them to our feet that we might be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen.